0: what would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold-loggered, cold-filtered, and cold-packaged.
1: On Tuesday, November 27th, join the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, James Naveau and me, Jay Zawoski, at Rabid Brewing in Homewood for our Puck Cancer Fundraiser and Watch Party as the Blackhawks take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Tickets are $10 and all proceeds go to the family of Meredith Garcia. Meredith lost her battle with cancer in May and her family needs our help. Every ticket is an entry into our grand prize raffle, which includes Blackhawks tickets and a signed jersey. Go to madhousepod.com slash events to purchase tickets. That's madhousepod.com slash events. We'll see you at Rabid Brewing in Homewood on November 27th. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Marishka's and Crest Hill, family owned and operated since 1933 chuck's southern Covers cafe with locations in burbank and darien visit chuckscafe.com and rabid brewing the time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales visit the southland legend rabid brewing in homewood illinois let's drop the puck
0: Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Naveau and 670 The Score's hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. I, right, Chicago! Woo! Welcome into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. I am James Nouveau from NBC5 Chicago and with me as always is the pride of Homewood, Illinois, the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay we've had a lot of Blackhawks games lately after they you know went like five days without playing a game now all of a sudden they're gonna play like every freaking day and we're gonna have to you know deal with overreactions to basically everything that happens so I mean we're especially after a game like yesterday I I do feel like it's a really good time to kind of talk about this team again and to kind of start delving into some of the you know details of this. But I think a good place to start, we won't start with the game yesterday because that's just going to end up being us bemoaning how bad the team's defense and why don't we go ahead and start with how good Corey Crawford has looked in his first two games back since being activated from injured reserve. I give the floor to you, good sir.
1: Yeah, he has been really great, and I think if you look at Saturday's performance against Columbus, his second start of the year, that was encouraging. The first game, which we've discussed, he was fine. Ooh. They lost. They lost 4-1 to one that game. Um, however, Corey Crawford looked like Corey Crawford, right? If you were to throw that game on in a vacuum, you say, here, I found this, this uh, old DVR recording Watch this game with no context, saying, look at this old game of Corey Crawford's. That's how Corey Crawford games look, right? He didn't look any different from how he usually looked. Then Saturday night, we saw the dominant Corey Crawford that we saw last year and the year before and the year before that really at the top of his game. Now, you wonder how much of this is like just a matter of adrenaline being back for the first time in 10 months. Is it something he can maintain? throughout the course of the season here. We're about 10% done with the season already, four games or eight games in. Um, but so far, so good for Corey Crawford. I, I'm very pleased with what I've seen. Um, I felt like I'd be a little itchier about him after just two games, but I, I'm pretty pretty calm in what I've, what I've seen from him so far.
0: I, I think the one, the biggest takeaway of all is just the fact that it doesn't look like he's missed a freaking beat, right? Like it just, it does not look like He was on the shelf for 10 months. I thought his timing looked shockingly good, considering he probably hasn't taken, you know, real high quality shots in practice. I highly doubt the Blackhawks were shooting high on him and getting a bunch of traffic in front of him and everything and really kind of trying to mimic uh, in-game situations. But I really haven't noticed that steep of a learning curve with the way Corey Crawford has been kind of coming back into play. And I've honestly been super impressed by that. And I hope that Blackhawks fans don't take that for granted because that's literally a guy hadn't played a game in 10 months and he came back and looked like he hadn't missed a day. It was a remarkable thing to see, especially when he played against Columbus on Saturday. And I got to give Corey Crawford all the credit in the world because it really did look like, His timing was solid, his positioning was good, and I thought he really carried them to that win on Saturday. And I just, again, it cannot be overstated how awesome that was.
1: It's just so great to see because, look, we spent, well, the second half of last year and all summer and the beginning of this year just wondering when he plays again, how will he be, how will he look And he's come back, and and you can't say goaltending is like riding a bike. It's certainly not. I think 10 months out of the net for anything competitive, that's going to be a disadvantage. But I can't even think of a single moment that I've seen from him in these two games back where I said, ooh, that's something to keep an eye on, right? There hasn't even been a hint of a moment where he didn't look right, where he was slow to get up, slow to react, uh, whatever. There's been no visible signs. Like, if you – you know, left the planet for the last two years, came back down and watched the Hawks game, you'd never know that he had missed 10 months. And that, to me, is the most encouraging thing.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely the one biggest positive out of the entire weekend was that Corey Crawford was looking that good, you know? Like, that was definitely something that I was very encouraged to see, but then aside from that, there was just so much, so many issues that the team is having to deal with right now, and I just I still think that the above all else, seeing Corey Crawford come back and be as effective as he was on Thursday and then on Saturday, even though he lost that first game, I just I, I think that that kind of overshadows at least a little bit some of the other issues that we uh, saw from the team, especially on Sunday against Tampa Bay. Well, I was I was thinking about waiting on doing this, but what sort of review here? Um, the things that
1: we talked about before the season. That needed to happen for the Hawks to be competitive, right? Um, number one was Corey Crawford's health. Oh. And he's back. He's playing. He's playing well. Good. Uh, the resurgence of Jonathan Taves. That seems to be underway. He's slowed down from the pace he set early in the season, but he still is consistently contributing and looking like the Jonathan Taves of old. Henry Yokoharu has stepped in and has okay. been a valuable uh probably overachieved from what people expected from him at this age and this early in his career. Uh the things that we've not seen yet though are Brandon Saad returning to form. I don't think we've seen the jump from Nick Schmaltz that we've expected to see. Just got his first goal of the year last night. Um so you're about fifty fifty on the things that needed to happen for the Hawks to be competitive, um, which is not terrible. I, I just, you know,
0: I think they're kind of who we thought they were to steal a line from Dennis Green. You mean a team that can uh, score a good number of goals, but ultimately just has a defense that's going to make Corey Crawford and whoever's in that kind of save them on a nightly basis? I hope it doesn't take that every night, but like there
1: hasn't been that comfortable because even the win over Columbus was the biggest goal differential win, right? But
0: well, that was the only time they've won in regulation this
1: season. Uh, right, of course. So, But it didn't feel like a dominant performance. right? No. Like the, the, they had the 40 minutes of that game. The game was taken to them, and they just. Crawford was great. The Hawks were able to score. Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky let in a soft goal or two, and that was a difference, right? That's what you're talking about is Corey Crawford winning games for you. That's what that was. Um, I don't know. I, I think they're better than last year. Right, I I think they're a better team than last year. I just want to see if it can last and how long they can withstand this defense as it is. I've got to think that Bowman is already looking for ways to fix this blue line a little bit. And you mentioned Gustav Forsling, uh, who is who is maybe that was before we started, but anyway, Gustav Forsling (laughs) has been assigned to Rockford to go on a rehab stint, so he's close to returning. Um, I I don't know. Uh, Connor Murphy's going to be back sooner or later. So maybe he just waits. But I wonder, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be able to maintain this pace they're on. So it's a matter of wh- how long are you willing to wait before you address this? And uh, wh- what do you really expect from Gustav Forsling when he comes back?
0: Well, I mean, the unfortunate thing right now is that there aren't really teams who are looking to unload blue line assets. Right. At this point. It's not like anybody's already, you know played their way out of playoff contention or anything like that. So I highly doubt that Stan Bowman at this point in the season is going to find like some type of trade partner, like even a team like, you know, Vancouver, Arizona, who maybe has like a seventh or eighth defenseman that they're looking to just kind of unload for a cheap deal. Like that's about the best thing that you could possibly see right now. And even that, it just doesn't seem like that would be in the cards anytime soon. There really isn't a guy I don't think that's going to come in and have an immediate impact on the Blackhawks that would be comparable to when they finally get Gustav Forsling and Connor Murphy back. I think ultimately those two quote-unquote acquisitions are going to be more important to this team than anybody that Stan Bowman is going to be able to go out and get, at least I would say, before Christmas. I don't see any team really making any type of move of significance before then, do you? I think the only hope the Blackhawks would have in in terms of that would be,
1: look, we have this glut of, you know, third and fourth line forwards. Maybe a team's got a, a glut of like five, six defensemen, and they find a way to make it work there. But I think that's pretty unlikely. It would have to be kind of a perfect match. Uh, I'm not saying it can happen, but at the same time, what are the odds that like, oh, look at us, we're a perfect team. Let's make this deal happen. It helps both of us and everyone's happy and holds hands. It just kind of doesn't happen that way. But I, I will assure you, Bowman's looking. He's got his you know, he's gotta have his eyes uh looking at trade possibilities, making some phone calls. He's gotta see what we see, right? He's gotta see Brandon Manning struggling. Um, you know, Brandon Davidson, okay, like fine. Not a guy who's really going to help you do much. Um, they they need another defenseman. And may, maybe it is Gustav like Maybe that's as simple as that. But I haven't liked what I've seen from Ruda. I haven't liked what I've seen big picture from Manning. Davidson, the jury's out. Um, I just think that's not a great situation to be in. Um, when, again, you're still trying to win something with this core of players. To have a defense that inexperienced and that, I mean, frankly bad, uh, is problematic. So hopefully... Forzling, then Murphy come back and and it looks a little better but I just don't know if if Bowman can wait that long and and
0: expect to remain in playoff contention We've talked obviously some about the positives with this team lately with Corey Crawford and then with the potential of getting Gustav Forzling and Connor Murphy kind of back to solidify the defense a little bit and then also maybe Stan Bowman going out and making a move but I think in the next segment what we probably need to do is we need to kind of not overreact necessarily to what happened in the Tampa Bay game last night, but perhaps just to point out a couple of things that went on in that game that could portend longer term issues for the Blackhawks. And I think that we need to maybe, uh, add a little bit more pessimism into this mix just in case we're getting a little bit too optimistic about Crawford and guys coming back from injury.
1: Well, good. Let's do that. Let's, let's take a, an an objective and, uh, Sort of big picture look at the way things stand with the Blackhawks right now. But before that, got to tell you about our friends at Triple Threat Sports. Chris there in Mokina running TripleThreatSports.com. If your team needs outfitting, if you've got a hockey team or a baseball team or whatever and you need some uniforms for the season, Triple Threat Sports is the place to go. You already know that they're the place to go to get your NHL jerseys, your NFL jerseys, anything you want authentic, anything you want looking like it looks on the field to play, be at the rink, be at the pitch, be at the field, whatever, Triple Threat Sports will make it look perfect. But go there for your stuff as well. TripleThreatSports.com, 708-478-6090. Send them an email, Chris at triplethreadsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. We'll be right back with more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: Me, 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 but also you. I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We've been talking about how wonderful it's been to see Corey Crawford, not only to come back, but also to come back at a really high level right away. And now we need to talk at least a little bit about some of the kind of rougher things that have been going on with the Blackhawks, especially the last couple of games where they've honestly like the Blackhawks. What's the one thing they've talked about the last two off seasons? Like, what have they brought up? They brought up. They've wanted to get faster. They've wanted to add athleticism. Right. That's why you brought in. Alex to That's why they drafted Henry Yokoharu. That's why they went out and got Connor Murphy. Like these are the types of guys. Alexander 14 is another guy that kind of fits this bill. They want a more athletic, a more speedy team because that's the way they feel like the NHL is going. The problem is, and I don't want to, I want to add a caveat here, which is that they were playing their third game in four nights against Tampa Bay. But I also noticed elements of this at times in the Arizona game and also in the Columbus game, which is that that team, that, they think they're a speed team. The Blackhawks think they're a speed team, and then they went up against the Tampa Bay team that's a speed team also, and they're faster than them, and they outskated them, and you saw that in the second period of that game, giving up 33 shots on goal in a single period. That was oh my a mind m- blowingly bad performance in the second period, and I thought it was a really good indicator of where the Blackhawks seem to think that they are and where they actually are and I think that's one of the couple of things that I noticed in the last couple of games that really kind of stood out to me that could portend some long-term issues for the Blackhawks because I just don't think that they're as athletic or as fast as they think they are
1: well they might be up front right like like the forward speed is pretty solid when you look at Taves Kane to Schmaltz uh, Fort, 410 has shown some speed um some other guys as well but the blue liners are slow man like yokoharu is good and solid defensively and all those things but he's not a, a speed blazer by any means duncan keith is still the guy who's fast but he's a shadow of what he was in his prime um then you look Gustafson's not fast manning isn't fast you know you go up and down Jan ruda isn't fast davidson isn't fast so when you get these fast forwards like you get with Tampa Bay and some of the other elite teams in the league, and they're blowing by the defense. Look, I watched last night's game on DVR, and when I checked my phone, I saw 33 of the three <laughs> shots on goal in the second period, and I'm like, no, that's wrong. That's got to be some sort of, like, glitch on NHL.com or something. Something's not right. It can't be that. I've, I, I've never seen anything that egregious that bad before, And you sort of mentioned it, but this is your barometer. This is the first legit Stanley Cup contender. Eh, They played the Leafs, so that was a good test. But I think Tampa is probably seven
0: goals. Don't forget.
1: They did. I think Tampa, though, is kind of the cream of the Eastern Conference right now. The Stanley Cup goes through Tampa, in my mind. And you saw the difference between legit contender and the Blackhawks. And there is a long way to go for the Hawks to get to that level again.
0: Yeah, and I and I think like I said that's a I'm not trying to be overly negative. I'm just trying to be realistic. I definitely felt like the Blackhawks could not keep up with Tampa Bay in the first two periods of that game. And they came back a little bit toward the end of the first period and were matching the speed at least a little bit, but the Blackhawks just continuously were falling behind, guys. They were losing battles in the neutral zone. They kept losing the puck. They kept turning it over. It's like the Blackhawks were trying to play too fast to try to kind of counteract what Tampa was doing. And they ended up making a bunch of turnovers and a bunch of really careless mistakes with the puck. And it was just it was a bad sign to me that they weren't able to either stifle Tampa's speed and they also weren't able to kind of match it either. And that I thought that was a bad sign that they couldn't do either thing.
1: Right, because it has to be one or the other, right? You're either going to be physical and slow down fast players by hitting them and making them hesitant to enter the zone, or you've got to be able to keep up. And the Hawks are neither, right? Aside from Brent Seabrook, you don't really have a physical defenseman, um, and he's probably the slowest of the bunch at this point. So it's... I don't know. The, look, Tampa is the exception. That that team is to me. They're they're great. That's a that's a great team. And most nights, I think the Hawks will be okay. But again, when you see them up against the legit stud teams in the NHL, there's a big difference between the Hawks and them. And and I I just think uh, Forsling's got some speed. Murphy isn't fast, but he's got some physicality when he when he chooses to use it. So there's a little bit of hope there. I just think that this is what it is, and I think Hawks fans are sort of at peace with this. Like, look, this team's not going to be great. The future of the blue line is still aside from Yokoharu. You've got Boquist, you've got uh, Bodan, and the minors. You've got a couple other guys in Rockford right now that can maybe have a future here, but Boquist and Bodan are, are the are what are going to be you know hopefully with Yokoharu for the next ten years. But they're a year or two away yet. So I, I think Hawks fans are patient. They don't. I don't. I don't want to sound like we're complaining because we know what this is we knew what it was going to be I I still think all this said and even the Tampa game considered the Hawks have been overall better than what we expected and to me that's encouraging and with all these young players they have it's safe to assume that they're just going to get better right you're going to see better play from Henry Yokoharu as it goes on you're going to see Alex 14 figure things out if he stays in the lineup um, even guys like John Hayden, who've got some experience under their belt with regular shifts, regular ice time, they're going to grow as players. So those things, I think the Hawks are kind of, if Crawford stays healthy and stays playing at this level, maybe scratching a playoff spot. Maybe. It's going to take a bit of a miracle and some things going right for them and probably a deadline move of some significance. But if they can make all those things happen and you assume health – uh. I think they could sniff have a playoff spot.
0: I, I, I can see that, especially in the Western Conference, but I, just, I look at the lack of speed, and that kind of made me kind of question some stuff last night. And I definitely have been noticing that, especially the last couple of games, the Blackhawks have been too content to settle on just dealing on the perimeter of the ice instead of going in and trying to win any battles in front of the net or to actually do much of anything physically it has definitely felt like they are just kind of slinging shots towards net and kind of hoping that good things are going to happen and I thought that was kind of a departure from what they were doing earlier in the season and I'm not sure if that's going to be a long-term thing or if it's going to be just kind of a one or two off thing that they only did against Columbus and Tampa Bay but I, I'm going to tell you right now, if they're not going to outwork their opponents in the corners, if they're not going to try to get more creative and then to also try to get more traffic in front of the net and to get more kind of dirty goals, this seems just not going to do what we think they're capable of doing, which is to potentially be in that wild card picture because yeah. it, we'll see. And know, that's, that's, what... opponent, it doesn't seem like they're willing to do that at some points
1: they have to realize they don't have the talent they used to have, right? And teams that don't have a lot of talent, like that game against Arizona is a great example. The Hawks are a more talented roster than the Arizona Coyotes. However, the Coyotes worked their asses off in that game and deserved that win and earned that win, and that was the difference. The the Arizona Coyotes' work ethic is what won them that game, and the Hawks now finally, after 10 years of dominance for the most part, and three Stanley Cups, and blah, 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 and all these Hall of Fame players, great, but now the talent's not what it used to be, and now they're gonna have to find different ways to win, right, so they're going to have to occasionally dump the puck in, and when you dump the puck in, go get it. You might have to take a a hit to go get the puck, and that's why, to me, Brandon Saad, becoming Brandon Saad again is so essential, because he is that element that they needed. We talked about before last season. The Hawks players said, look, we miss Brandon Sod. We need a guy on this team like Brandon Sod. They went and got the actual Brandon Sod, and he came back and he was not Brandon Sod again. <laughs> so it's like that's what they need. They need a Brandon Sod type, but not 2017, uh, 2018 Brandon Sod, like 2014, 2015 Brandon Sod. That's what they need. He needs to set the tone. John Hayden is another guy who can set the tone that way. Um, they're just going to have to have some nights where they work their asses off for two points and they're gonna have to realize that sooner than later I think the good start obviously is helpful because you were able to tread water with Crawford out but I, I hope it didn't make them think we're back the Hawks are back the Hawks of 2015 are back because they're absolutely not
0: no and I think that Like I said, those are two things that you've noticed the last couple of games. And I don't want to try to draw any big picture conclusions based on such a small sample size. But I think that the fact that they consider themselves a speed team and they simply have not been able to match up with speed of teams like Tampa Bay. And then also the fact that they don't seem to be willing to win corner battles like you have to be one or the other. You either have to be super fast or you have to be willing to go into the corners and win some battles sometimes. And I feel like they've been doing, they've been failing in both of those areas. And I just think that those both could be potential problems to keep an eye on as they move forward this season.
1: Yeah. Well there that's see, that to me is a concern. Like, will they not only be able, but willing to adjust uh, their game, their style, and that's sort of like the quenville thing like is quenville aware i I mean he's got to be right he's got to be aware that they need to adapt the way they play we just haven't seen it on the ice we haven't seen it manifest on the ice maybe last night's loss to tampa um makes them realize like whoa okay we're maybe farther off than we thought we that was a home game they gave up 33 shots in the second period in a home game i know it's not like a huge advantage like in other sports but but really you should not be toyed with on your home ice that's that's insane uh maybe 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 that game that performance was a bit of a wake up call that you know what we've had some high scoring games we've outscored a couple opponents we won some games maybe we shouldn't have we really need to make some adjustments here if we're going to hang in and compete against these great teams because like we've said all year the western conference is loaded the central division is loaded and every night's going to be a battle with these teams. It's it's time. They're going to have to make some adjustments here. I'm confident they can. I'm confident they will. Quenville's not an idiot. Uh, he's just been sort of slow to react to these things sometimes. And hopefully that shellacking at the hands of the Lightning uh, will you know light a fire under him a little bit.
0: Got to hope you're right, Jay. Absolutely have to hope you're right. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see just kind of what adjustments he ends up making, like what kind of changes he kind of – is going to enact on the Blackhawks. And I would be curious to kind of see, like, what do you think, like, they need to kind of adjust? Is it just, like, a strategic thing? Do you maybe want to see uh, new players kind of paired together, either as forwards or as defensemen? Or is there just, like, is there a specific coaching thing that they need to do?
1: I don't even know if it's coaching as much as just having the -the on-the-ice decision to play in a physical uh and and i don't mean like go when i say physical i don't mean layout that's not their style to go check people hard and go for big hits that's not how they play they're a possession team but when i say physical i mean go in a corner and win a battle get in front of the net do those sort of little things that that make the difference when maybe the talent isn't there I, again I'll, I'll reference it again the coyotes that was the, that was the the, the the equalizer for them was there they worked they outworked the hawks that night and that's why they were better they were the better team that night on paper they're absolutely not if you plug that game into a video game and simulate it 80 times the Hawks probably win 70 of those games based on their talent but the work ethic matters those things matter even in this era of advanced statistics and all those things wanting the puck more than the other guy still is a factor and that's what I want to see from the Hawks I want to see guys on the team play like Jonathan Taves plays and like Marion Hosa played and say screw you that's my puck I'm taking it you can't have it I want that from everybody and when that happens they're going to have more success and they're not going to have periods where they're outshot 33 to 3. All right time for our next time out but first got to tell you about our friends at Marishka's and Crest Hill 604 Theodore Street family owned and operated since 1933 we have talked to you for four years now about the poor boys about the steaks the chops the seafood the craft beer menu what more do you really need to hear about Marishka's? okay i'll tell you the mac and cheese i remember i had this i think the last time i was there is like the thickest tastiest best mac and cheese i've ever had the icelandic cod which we mentioned now and again was top-notch as good as i've had and i've been to door county dozens of times the food at Marishka's is excellent bring your family bring your friends you'll go back again and again Marishka 604 theodore street in crest hill close only on christmas easter the fourth of july and thanksgiving so hit them up mariska's.com or on facebook facebook.com slash mariska's m-e-r-i-c-h-k-a-s and by the way the link to all of our sponsors are in the description of the podcast, or you can visit madhousepod.com slash sponsors, and you can be linked to any of their homepages. So very convenient, madhousepod.com. I failed to mention that is the new home of all things Madhouse podcasts. You can buy tickets to our event there. You can find our sponsors. Like I said, get in touch with James and I. Read about us. Find every episode. Everything you need for the Madhouse Podcast is on madhousepod.com. Check it out. All right, we'll be right back with more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter.
0: A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more to help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com.
1: Welcome back to the Mad Hot Chicago Hockey Podcast. Before the show started, you heard our little promo about our charity event, Coming up, November 27th at Rabid Brewing in Homewood. First, we want to tell you about our friends at Rabid. Our newest sponsor, if you like craft beer, there's a lot of, craft beer is all the rage these days, right? Everyone's trying to come up with their new IPAs, with their new whatevers. Rabid is a craft beer enthusiast's brewery. Everything there is unique. Everything there stands out. Everything you taste at Rabid will be something you've never tasted before tobias and ray run the place to me tobias is like a sorcerer of beer just sort of mixing these concoctions right uh picture him like in front of a cauldron like just grabbing herbs grabbing whatever and coming up with these great ideas for beer i was there last week i had the chocolate blood orange wheat which was phenomenal that's the Hemagoblin. uh the russian imperial stout was just released that's oh my god just insane that was released the other night as well Uh, the tap room is super welcoming full of great mythological art chalkboard walls you can leave your notes on there it's just a great relaxing welcoming place when you're at rabbit it's hard to not feel like you're part of their family and head out to rabbit by the way Uh, on saturday they're having october 27th they're having a costume contest uh, from 8 p.m to 12 a.m look the people at rabbit it's a certain kind of clientele the same kind of clientele that listened to this podcast. So knowing that, you'll know that that costume contest is something you're going to want to see. So head out there, rabidbrewing.com. Go there, check out their costume contest on Saturday. You don't have to dress up, just go, judge. There's a catch prize, have some great drinks. But remember, that event, our Puck Cancer Fundraiser for the Garcia family, that is November 27th, Tuesday, November 27th. The Hawks take on the Golden Knights. We will have raffle prizes. Every ticket is $10. Go to madhousepod.com slash events to buy your tickets. But that includes entering to our grand prize, which includes Blackhawks tickets and a signed jersey. And there's so much other stuff to win there as well. We have stuff from the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Wolves, the Cubs, the Sox, the Bulls have all pledged their help. My old buddy from high school the other day said, hey, I heard about your event. I can't come. I want to help. Here's two club level tickets for the game against the Montreal Canadiens. We have those to give away as well. So much great stuff to to give you guys at the raffle there. We want to raise money for this great cause. So join us November 27th, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood. Visit madhousepod.com slash events for all the details there. We hope to see you. We hope you guys come out. We really want to raise a lot of money for my buddy Andy and his family okay last segment we talked about Corey Crawford this week before the Hawks got smoked by the Lightning uh, their head coach John Cooper said he believes Corey Crawford is a Hall of Fame caliber goalie James what was your reaction when you heard Cooper's comments about Corey Crawford this weekend
0: I thought that the comments were particularly interesting they were made in the context of Crawford kind of being underrated in NHL circles which we've had that conversation on a million different occasions on this podcast so I think that you and I would be inclined to agree with John Cooper from that perspective but then he brought up the idea of Crawford potentially making it to the Hall of Fame someday and I'm not sure If I see it, I know that he's obviously, I think in my eyes, a very solid goaltender, probably top 10 in the league, oftentimes will carry this team to victories. But at the same time, is that necessarily a Hall of Fame credential? Like, is that enough to make a case to get into the Hockey Hall of Fame? I just I don't see it like I don't see Corey Crawford's uh, number 50 hanging from the Raptors, the United Center. I don't see him making the Hall of Fame like I think that he's. A very strong player, and like I said, a top 10 goaltender in the league. But I think John Cooper may have been pulling a Bill Belichick and maybe laying it on just a little bit thick. Talk <laughs> to Chicago media, but I'd be curious to see what your perspective is. I, I think
1: that his, I think you're right. I think your take is, is spot on. The other thing is, even if you wanted to make the argument for him, saying, like, look, this defense wasn't as good as you thought it was. They won the twenty, you know, uh, thirteen Stanley Cup because of him. Blah blah blah. All those things. He still doesn't have the individual awards that are usually required to enter the Hall of Fame. Like he doesn't have a Vezina. I know he's got the Jennings that he and Ray Emery shared, but that's not really as uh, revered as much as a Vezina. He doesn't have a Conn Smythe, even though he probably should have. To me, he like as much as I love Corey Crawford, and as much as I've defended him in the past, I don't look at him and say Hall of Fame player. Right. We talk about from this group, Taves, Kane, Keith, and maybe Marion Hosa, probably Marion Hosa. And that's probably it, I think.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of like guys that are currently on the Blackhawks that would make the Hall of Fame. I think Kane and Taves. Kane's going to get in. I think Taves is. One of those guys that, with his reputation, could kind of go either way. I could see. I also think
1: the individual awards for him, all the gold medals, the junior hockey, like all the stuff that he's accomplished, I think will sort of offset his lack of like mind-blowing stats.
0: Yeah, but I also wonder if like people will be like, even like even with those achievements, his stats may still not be good enough. I could still see there being some type of backlash against him too. But I still think that. He's borderline likely gets in. I think Patrick Kane, odds are he does get in. I definitely think Duncan Keith is going to get in based on, like you said, his his stats are really good. He's also got multiple Norris trophies, three Stanley Cups, two gold medals. I think that he ends up getting in. And then obviously guys who are you know recently retired, Marion Hossa, is going to get in you know, once he's eligible, which God knows when that'll be, you know, the whole song and dance that he's still technically a player, hasn't technically retired yet kind of thing. But oh, Fronger got in before he was technically. Yeah, that was some, biz- that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. I have no idea when he's actually going to be eligible to get in, but I I don't think there's any question that he will. Sorry, Ken Campbell. That, that still to this day remains one of my, most angry Twitter moments was Ken Campbell basically calling me a moron because I thought Marion Hosa was a Hall of Famer. And he's like, no, he's not. It's unbelievably stupid. Yeah, watch but, the game, Chach. Yeah, so I, I think that those are the Blackhawks that I could see getting in, and I think that other guys like Corey Crawford ultimately probably end up on the outside looking in.
1: Speaking of on the outside of the Hall of Fame and looking in, blackhawks legend anton forsberg predictably waived today uh now that crawford's healthy and they sort of trust what they're seeing from him the hawks were obviously not going to carry three goalies and to get anton forsberg to rockford they need to they needed to waive him they've done that we'll get word tomorrow whether or not he's been claimed i think there's a decent chance he gets claimed um i really do i i think that you know, I still think he has a pretty decent ceiling even though he hasn't been super impressive with the Hawks. Um, I would like them to not lose him if, if at all possible, but uh, I'm fully prepared for him to go and I, I think that uh, there's some team in the league that will look at their backup goalie and say that guy's not as good as Anton Forsberg and we should take a flyer on him.
0: I would agree with that and we, I think, have had this conversation at least a little bit that it's a risk that they're going to have to take because they don't want to carry three goaltenders. And frankly, I don't blame them for that. I think that it's smart in today's NHL to only carry two goaltenders and to have perhaps two extra forwards and an extra defenseman. I think that's probably a smarter allocation of roster spots, but it still doesn't change the fact that, that I am slightly concerned that they're going to lose Anton Forsberg for nothing. It's kind of a bummer if they do, but at the same time, like, when cam ward was struggling early in the season and played on back-to-back nights like that kind of indicates to me where they see cam ward and anton forsberg right now they see anton forsberg as a guy that just didn't do enough i guess to be able to see the ice and if their value of him is that low i don't think the blackhawks seem particularly worried about a team potentially claiming him on waivers and The vibe that I get is that even if that happens, they're not exactly going to be crestfallen about it. No,
1: I mean, you can never have too much goaltending death, but I think what we've seen from uh, Calendelia has been encouraging. And if they do get in a jam where Ward or Crawford goes down, he might be ready for the NHL. I know it's kind of quick, but everything that he's done in Rockford, everything that we've seen in his limited time in the NHL in a preseason and late last year has looked pretty good. So, Again, I'd rather not lose Forsberg, but I'm not going to be crushed if they do. Let's put it that way.
0: I think I can go with that. I think that you definitely just uh, probably echoed the Blackhawks company line right now that they don't necessarily want to lose him, but it's not the end of the world if they do. They still have Colin Dahlia, and they still you know, think that they have something in Cam Ward. Whether or not you and I agree with that, they still think that.
1: Right. Well, let's wrap up this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We've been having some issues with Skype all night long. It's really terrific. We love you, Skype. You're really super reliable. And you'd think in 2018 you'd have this worked out a little bit. But uh, what the listeners don't know is that we've had to restart this thing three times because of Skype issues. So we're going to wrap it up. First, got to tell you about our friends at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com for outstanding barbecue outstanding mexican outstanding cajun food outstanding bar food everything at chucks is phenomenal you will love it i always say it's a place to go if you have a picky friends or a picky parent or aunt or somebody who's not always like i don't know i don't like to try new things Uh, i don't know i don't really want to do that I, i don't like spicy stuff there's something for everybody at chucks there's a burger there's wings there's nachos there's also legit Mexican top-of-the-line top of the, top of the line dishes like the Cochinita Pibil, which is my favorite food item in the world. Great Creole Cajun cooking, everything at Chuck's. Like I said, phenomenal. Chuck'sCafe.com, Burbank, Darien, do it. Thank you for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which has been brought to you by Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe, who we just mentioned, Chuck'sCafe.com. Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris. 708-478-6090 Marishka's and crest hill family owned and operated since 1933 and of course rabid brewing in homewood the time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales visit the southland legend rabid brewing in homewood illinois and be sure to visit madhousepod.com slash events to purchase tickets to our fundraiser that is november 27th at rabid raising money for the garcia family a very worthy cause please join us. It's going to be a great time with tons of prizes. I feel like everybody there is going to go home with something. So show up. It's 10 bucks. Come hang out with James and I. Again, every cent goes to the Garcia family and they need it. Trust me. So thank you for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. For my partner, James Navo, I am Jay Zawoski. We'll talk to you very, very soon on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: Bose is the registered trademark of the Bose Corporation. Color combinations include interior and exterior colors. Customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating Nissan dealers. See dealer for details. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. p powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh?